Yo, what is up, everybody? We are back. Fresh new episode of Right on Squared Circle. I am your host, Danny G. I am joined solely today by Scotty Too Hottie Hollinsworth. What is up? What is up? We uh we gave Kyle some more PTO. He's starting to abuse it, so he's really know. he's really starting to abuse that PTO. He's abusing PTO. It's like every other week he's not here. I know. But um, he saw his um his beautiful baseball team lose to the San Diego Padres yesterday in oh, Cincinnati. That, I told him. I literally told him because he sat in the crowd when Undertaker lost at Mania. I was like, you know, you're gonna go to this game and they're gonna lose. I was like, it's your, it's your like bad luck charm. Anywhere you go, whoever you go for, just loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will remind myself to never invite him to any of my soccer games. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, don't invite him to shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, anyway, man. guys, we have a fresh new episode. So right here on Right on Squirt Circle, we love obviously wrestling, and the best thing about wrestling is the stories. Absolutely, there's a lot of storytelling. You hear stories of like these guys on the road, all the crazy shit they used to get into, all the it, it's it's everything you want. Like, a, like in a lifetime, these guys are basically living and traveling together for you know 350 out of 365 days a year. So. <laughs> Become... Obviously, a lot of the stuff that has led into this current generation of wrestling happened when me and Scott were in diapers. Yeah, sadly. I missed all but, the good stuff, man. And it's all built up to now, and we have all the stories from all the legends and the legends that we watch on YouTube. We you know Peacock of the WWE Network. You know, everything is at our disposal. We can rewatch all these things. And every now and then here on the Ride on Squared Circle, we're going to kind of dissect big moments in wrestling and today we're starting with you know the one the montreal screw job yeah fuck bret hart <laughs> so right there we already have a biased point of view on but the best thing about this stuff guys is you know we want everyone to chime in that listens to ron squared circle please don't hesitate to message us on twitter or on our facebook page because we want everyone to have their own point share their point of view like who do you who did you side with in the montreal screwjob we're going to dive really deep into this and when me and scott you know explained everything about the montreal screwjob with uh, which obviously hardcore wrestling fans do know you know who whose side were you really on and that's that's the big key today we want to dissect everything so that you the fans the listeners can feel free to message any one of us and say hey brett screwed brett or you know i side with brett hart so um, Scott, I'm a, you're going to bat lead off here, man. I want, I want you to give our fans the framework and just everything that's leading up into the Montreal screw job of a survivor series 97. All right. So leading up to it, you have, I will say two two of the greatest people to be in a squared circle to lace up boots. You have Bret Hart and you have Shawn Michaels, regardless of my personal and <laughs> personal feelings <laughs> on Bret Hart. But I will never take away. He was a very, he was a technician like no other. So you had these two going in. Yeah, exactly. So you have these two going into a title match at the 1997 Survivor Series that is in Montreal, in basically Bret Hart's hometown. So going in, Bret is already leaving the company. He's headed to WCW. He's heading to newer pastures for himself. And he doesn't want to drop the title. 
at Survivor Series. He doesn't want to go out on a losing streak, basically. He wants to just drop it, come on Raw the so, next night and drop it. Just let I'm it gonna, go. Yeah, so to interject there to bounce off Scott's point. So basically what had happened was Bret Hart's contract with WWF at the time, they were known as World Wrestling Federation at the time, it was coming to an end, and they had yet to reach an agreement on a new deal. Eric Bischoff from WCW was chiming to Bret Hart's ear saying, I'm going to outpay them, yada, yada, yada. Boom, boom, boom. And oh, yeah. guaranteed you know, money. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And of course, Bret Hart at the time said, No, I'm gonna stay loyal to the WW, you know, WWE, WWF, whoever wants to be politically corrected right now. Um, so at first you want to stay loyal, and then you started noticing a lot of like, you know, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. There was like the rivalry was real. It wasn't like a TV rivalry. These two guys outside of the ring, inside of the ring, did not like each other. Oh, no. Whether it was, whether it was a jealousy standpoint, because Bret Hart was kind of like the, we're going to phase you out because we have this guy, HBK, who is the future. Hell, he's the now. So we don't know exactly what happened, but at, eventually Bret Hart said, you know what? The way you guys have been treating me and, you know, you know, dog shitting on me, I'm going to WCW. So right now, leading into the Survivor Series 97, there's a chance that Bret Hart, who is now the WWF champion, is going to be without a contract while being a champion. And obviously, it's going to cause a huge blow up. We don't know at, at that time. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, he he didn't care about dropping the belt. He just didn't want to drop it to Sean. He he told Vince McMahon, I will drop the title, whatever, I'll move on, but I'm not dropping it to Sean. So what happened leading to Survivor Series 97, Sean Michaels wins on a few matches, boom, match is set. Yeah. But I mean, and it also, you know, you mentioned he didn't want to drop it to Sean. I mean, no, he did he didn't. He did not want to drop it to Sean one bit. But he also didn't want to do it in his hometown. And he made that yeah, clear. Like he made that. He, yeah, it was. It was like a slap in the face, you know, because the Hart family is a humongously known family in wrestling. And now you're like, oh, I want you to drop it to someone you don't like. I want you to do it in front of all your friends and family. And then you can just leave the company. You know, like it, it kind of just sounds like, hey, you know, get, get out and don't come back. So, yeah, it's a huge slap in the face to Bret Hart. We get to the match. And really going in, it's like we're still not, you know, I say we, but them. We're, you know, two hours from showtime and it's, you know, how is this going to work out? How is this going down still? Like nothing's made, nothing's set in stone still. You yeah, know, of who's going to go over. Was, the crazy thing was I saw um, The Undertaker had an interview on um, with Peter Rosenberg, a big WWE fan. And. You know, Undertaker was, you know, when he got to backstage, you know, right where, right when the show's about to start, he felt something, you know, he said, I had like this, this feeling that something was going to happen. Oh, like this eerie feeling. Yeah. Yeah. He had like this, like something was going to happen. And he actually went to Earl Hebner, um, legend, referee, senior WWE official. He's a hall of famer, everything. And everything you want to call him, he's a class act. He went to Earl Hebner and said, do you know, like, do you, did you hear anything that's going on with, the match with Sean and HBK and Earl Hebner had no idea until I think very close to match time. Yeah, it was. Vince McMahon said, this is what's going to happen and you're just going to have to deal with it. Yep. 
because I, I I watched an interview of uh, it was I think one of the uh, Dark Side of the Ring interviews, and it was Earl Hebner and he was talking about it that Brett even walked up to him earlier in the day was like, hey, he basically just said like if if they're gonna screw me, just tell me, just tell me right now, yep. are they gonna yep. screw me? And Earl was like, no, you know, no, not that I've heard of. And yeah, it was. It was like basically it was like on the way out to the ring, they're like, hey, when I when you know you're gonna do what I tell you to. You know, and he knew, he knew too. He was like, we're, you know, he knew walking to that ring, he was about to screw Brett, one of his very good friends, just completely out of a, basically out of a job. And imagine, imagine being in that situation where like, you're walking to the ring knowing what you have to do and you're, you're about to lose a friend. Like it's, it's just a foregone. This is not like, I know a lot of people's wrestling, it's an, it's an act. Like obviously stuff is already pre, pre-done, pre-done like, predetermined. About. Yeah. Yeah, predetermined is the correct word. Thank you. This was not predetermined. This was a real beef between Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. And Sean. And Sean. This was as real as it gets. Sean was definitely known at this time to pull his backstage, you know, politics and shenanigans. Yeah, like Sean was very, Sean was incredibly immature at this time. Oh, he was a child. Way before, you know, way before now where like the people who did hate him have just this tremendous respect for him because of all the changes and positivity he ended up bringing back when he returned to WWE in the this, early 2000s. This was before the founded in Christian Shawn Michaels. Yeah, this was like the drugged up. This was the know, drugged up, power hungry. Anyone. Yep. So anyways, let's get to the uh, match. So we did to the match yeah, let's, finally. Let's and... I mean, up to up to the ending, you know, solid, good match, good back and forth. You, I mean, you can tell, you can see the animosity of two professionals that truly hate each other in real life, just still going at it. But they're putting on a good match, and here we go. Sean puts Brett into a sharpshooter. You know, for one, for that to happen is still like, oh, ah, you know, it's someone using someone else's finisher, especially against them. But now we're in Montreal, it's in front of everybody, and then all of a sudden, the bell goes off. Mm-hmm. It leaves, you know, everybody's stunned. You know, what the hell just happened? Why is the bell ringing? Did Brett tap? You know, there's no music kicking on yet. It, it, was, it was almost like that weird feeling after Taker got beat. It was like the, you know, eerie, what the, what the fuck's going on? And one of the things I love, because if you notice it, what is the first, what is one of the very first things Sean does? He kind of just looked around. He looked around, but then he just ducks under the rope and fucking leaves. And you know, the thing is, he played it off very well that he was pissed. Oh, yeah, he, dude. He played it off very well, but like, obviously, we'll talk later on, like, the after effects. Yeah. And obviously, and obviously the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels reunion on Raw, like, 12 years Oh, yeah, ago. we'll talk about it all. We'll get, we'll get into that, but, you know... Sean played it stupid. off. The fan, the fans weren't stupid. No. Like once, once we started seeing, once we saw everything that happened, especially looking back on it, even, even like if, even if you didn't know what was going on, like the, the, the smart wrestling fan was like, that. That's that the thing. The smart wrestling fan. It wasn't like, it wasn't planned. And obviously, Sean played it off as like, yeah, I don't want to win the title this way. Like I'm pissed. I'm just walking out, giving my belt. Yep. I'm running to the locker room and whatever. That'll be it for me. And mind you, right after this, I'll chime in on this one, that Bret Hart's looking right at Vince McMahon and just sits a mean loot right in his face. He, that was the nastiest shit. The only other, like, something that gross that I've seen was when Randy spit on, spit on Mick. 
Yeah, but this but was it like, was like did, uh, first that... off, like first off, Bret Hart accuracy with the spit. He has like a ninety nine <laughs> accuracy. He like, did, man. That was like that was like right in his forehead. Like it was dripping off his hair. Like, like Dude. if you really want to disrespect someone, that was Bret it. Hart, he did, he did he did your job. He did because he because he knew right away. He had knew he oh, knew the yeah. second it happened. He knew exactly what just happened. Hell yeah, and the. Now we get to like the meat and potatoes. The best part of the screw job is the backstage. What's going on backstage is ridiculous. From well, what I what from what I've what I what I've heard, and I, the Undertaker was back there. He said the the locker room was in absolute chaos, and the Undertaker had to start kicking people out of the locker room because he knew what is going to transpire now. He's like, I'm only allowing a handful of people in this locker room because the Undertaker. Confronted Vince, confronted Earl Hebner, and they said nothing was going to happen. And yep. now that something happened, The Undertaker, who is the conscience of the WWE, oh, he was he was that locker room leader. Yeah. And what's now, funny now is he's owed, he's owed an explanation, and he so he was watching the match in Vince McMahon's office. Yep, he runs out of Vince's office, and the whole the, the locker room is just a complete uproar. Like you just, well, it's like you you're there, sitting there and you're watching. He, all of a sudden, everyone, you like you, because, all they just all all of them just watch Bret Hart get fucked over. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, he was so respected, and a lot of them were just his boys. And obviously, in the back, you have Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, you have Davy Boy, and Owen. Oh Hart, yeah, you have his family. family, who are family who are seeing this. So now they have their friends in uproar in the locker room. So now you're just causing this this domino effect of crap. To happen, you actually have the people who hate Shawn Michaels that just saw this happen. I can't believe there. I can't believe Shawn didn't get his shit kicked in that night. So, but yeah, so apparently they get into the locker room. On the tickers walk into the locker room, and Vince is walking back there too. And Brett's already back there. Uh, Vince McMahon walked in with Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, and um, Bruce Pritchard, and. The Undertaker already had Shawn Michaels, and he put Shawn Michaels in the back corner of the locker room because he already knows Shawn's attitude. He's going to say something that's going to cause this thing to blow up. Bret Hart is in the locker room with, with you know, obviously the whole Hart family, Jim, uh, Owen, and uh, Davey Boy. And the the most one of the more infamous lines in this whole thing was, "I'm gonna take." Bret looks right at Vince McMahon. I'm gonna take a shower and cool off. If you're still here, I'm gonna knock you out. Is he, if you're still here, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Yeah. Yep. And he was there, and he did. So, Vince was saw, yeah, so, Vince was seen the next day with that big ass nice shiner. But the best thing was not uh, it's ballsy because Vince McMahon stayed there. He stayed there trying to explain his piece, explain you know what happened. Yep. And Bret Hart comes out and. Undertaker said in the interviews, like I to this day, I don't know how that fist got through so many people. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how it happened, but it did. He dropped Vince McMahon, and obviously Bret Hart ended up leaving, and he got completely played by WCW. Let's be real, he got completely oh, played. So I wanted to touch on that really quick. Like, let's let's look at that. So you know, the, there's always the line, you know, and it came from it came from WWE television. Of you know, Brett screwed Brett. Vince screwed Brett. I I think I think almost in a way I think Vince killed Brett. 
because he killed any like good future of him being a wrestler. Because you're right, he went to WCW. He didn't really do much there. And then he got kicked so damn hard it retired him. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? I think what what happened with Brett was obviously I think Brett had Brett had an ego, obviously. Oh yeah. All all of them did though. Yeah, and you know him leaving for WCW is a perfect example of you don't know you don't know how good you have until it's gone. Yep. And you know, dude, dropping the title in that company and that business is it's 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 what happens. You're not you're not going to be the champion until the day you say, <laughs> you know what, I just can't do it anymore. Like you're going to have, you're going to have to. You're up and down. Cycle of, you know, this guy needs a push. This guy needs a yep. push. Yeah. Really like this guy, we're going to put the belt on him to see how the fans like it. Like, All it is, like, w- wrestling's just wrestling. Really, and, is just the older guys putting over the younger guys, and yeah, you just and pass honest, it on. And obviously, it, it kind of looks like WWE. You know what? You're not the wrestler you used to be. I'm not going to pay you like the wrestler you used to be. Go to WCW, get overpaid, and watch what happens. And look what happens. Yeah, he got he got his contract, and not saying that he didn't want to try in WCW, but like, did you really have to try? No, no one did. All you had to do was just be a big name from WWE. Yeah, you were guaranteed money. You were guaranteed TV time. That was that was the that was the key to success. Yeah, so like you know, in my opinion, I think Vince did the right thing. Did he go about it the right way? No, no, not but at all. I think, but I think you know there could have been a bigger conversation had you know maybe he didn't have to drop to Shawn Michaels. Maybe maybe the Undertaker could have won a title, and then a few months later, the Undertaker would have dropped it to to Shawn Michaels. There could oh yeah, like middle, there could have been like a middleman somewhere. But to me, Brett. Obviously, Brett had to drop that title because I'm not going to have my champion without a contract leading into Monday Night Raw the next night. I'm, that, that's just – it doesn't make sense. It's never going to happen. No, it, it also no. doesn't make sense for the big rivalry to happen. Brett win, come out in t- the next night, relinquish the title, and then show up on WCW programming. Like that's all, That, yeah. that <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. That would be a horrible idea. Completely just, for WWE. Is, at that point, at that point, you're just feeding his ego even more. That like, exactly. Yeah, you know what? He's like, yeah, I went into my home country, I beat Shawn Michaels, and now I'm gonna go get paid. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm out. Exactly. So you know, I mean, really, it's all it all comes down to Vince just going, "You're not gonna fuck me," and he wasn't. Yeah. He was not gonna allow it, and he didn't. Now, and my thing, Vince is Vince is unfuckable. That's what that's the word of the day. My <laughs> now here's the thing that I want to talk about because and I want to hear your side first. Okay. Who do you think was the mastermind behind the screw job? Who do you think thought it up? Oh, Vince. You think Vince did? I think Vince, I think it was a I think the whole room, the I think the people in the room when they made this whole thing up, was Vince, Briscoe, Patterson, Pritchard, HBK. I think those five guys were all in a room, obviously secluded from it. They may not they may not have even done it backstage. They may have just met like at a hotel lobby, sat down, talked about it, said this is what exactly what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, and I think Vince laid out the framework and then the other guys chimed in, pieced everything together and they said, yeah, here we go. We just, you know, we, we just found out a way to to tell Brett to fuck off in every way possible. We, we're going to we're going to take the title off of him. We're going to tell him to go to a shitty company. And we're going to tell him to excuse me, we're going to give the title to his biggest enemy at the time. Yeah. But at the time, uh, WCW was on top of its game, though. Oh, it was already winning, yeah. But, you know, so obviously obviously, there's already big names there. You're not going to have constant big names there. And obviously, Bret Hart had been getting played by WWE for forever. You know, he you know the he lost the title to Hulk Hogan. Remember that, like, in 30 seconds? Oh, yeah. At WrestleMania after, uh, I think he, bought, he beat Yokozuna, right? No, Yokozuna beat Bret. And then, and then, and then Hogan came out and was just like, I got a title match, lead dropped Yokozuna and won. That was wild. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But, um, but yeah, no, I think those, I think those five guys all built it. And obviously, I think, I think Vince presented the framework and just wanted those guys' input. And then they executed the plan. So here's what I think I, I don't think it was Vince. And the reason I don't think it was Vince is because, you know, like people shit on Vince McMahon 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, they say he's out of touch, which I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he is a little bit, but everybody would be at 75 years old trying to run a show for kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but what I think is wild is, so there's two people that you didn't name who have claimed to be the mastermind behind it. And that was Vince Russo. I knew you say Russo. And Jim Cornette. Both of them will claim to their grave that they did it. That they were the ones mastermind behind it. And for some and for some reason, I get behind Jim Cornette on that. And the reason is Jim Cornette's always Jim Cornette's one of the biggest wrestling fans on the earth. Mm-hmm. Aside from being, you know, a really good manager, he his life 24-7 is wrestling and i watched i was watching a documentary and he was talking about it and you know it came down to like what are we going to do what are we going to do and it sounds so simple he looked he said he looked up and he was just like let's screw him like it's such a simple idea but the reason i don't think it was vince is because vince has always looked after his talent 100 percent but Vince, especially his top guys, too, he always looked after them. So to think he would screw Vin, Brett over, I, I don't think it was his idea, at least. Yes, he, of course, he went along with it. But I, I don't see it being Vince's. I don't see it being Sean's idea. I think Sean would just happen to be the shit middleman. But he was also just, he was the only one that where that screw job would have made sense. Yeah, I like your point. I really do. I, you're right. I think you're right about the Russo and Cornette thing. They they probably were in the room when this happened. Oh yeah, they they I, were. I think, I think after we get off after we get off, I'm gonna rewatch that episode of Dark Side of the Ring because I think you're right. I do remember vaguely them. Yeah. I think I think it was that episode or another episode where they they were sitting poolside. I think they were at Vince McMahon's mansion. I think they were sitting poolside, and they were talking about ways to get the title off of Brett and put it on Sean while having a Brett versus Sean match. 
Yeah, they, everything came down to I how think, do we get the I title? Think you're right. I think you're right on with that. And I also, but I do think Briscoe, Patterson, Pritchard, and HBK were at that. I'm not. I'm not saying they were. I think maybe for like the that show's reason, they. I think the people who were talking about were kind of hiding the fact that they were there. I yeah. do think though. I do think though that even though Cornette said, "Hey, let's screw him," I think Vince still presented the framework to Cornette and said, "Can this work?" And they went ahead and said, "Yes, this can work." Presented it to Sean, and Sean was like, "Okay." I say. I, I say. That's how I feel. I think Sean was just kind of like, I'll fuck him. You know, I'll fuck him over. I'll do it. But I, I don't think he had that big of a hand in it other than just like, yeah, I'll, I'll be the guy. I'll do it. That's, yeah, I think, I, I really, I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's going to that's gonna go down as one of the biggest mysteries of in oh. wrestling. And that's, that's the best. And that's why, that's why to all of our listeners that are listening throughout this podcast right now is this is why we do this. We're going to do these type of, episodes every now and then because we don't know no we can you know we will never know hearsay. it's all hearsay hearsay he said this he said that yep i told him he sucked like we will we will never know who really presented the framework we can maybe try and put puzzle pieces together but i think it's going to go to cornet's grave it's going to go to russo's grave it's yep. going to go to vince's grave you know it, you know we, we're going to fast forward now to a episode of Monday Night Raw in Dayton, Ohio, where they had Bret Hart as the guest host of Raw. Yeah. And right before Raw went off the air, Bret Hart comes out. He calls out Shawn Michaels. Shawn comes out. You know, this this is this is the new version of DX. Shawn yep, Michaels. This, yep. New, the new DX. This was in two thousand and five. Yeah. This was about uh, maybe later. Maybe later on. This was no. It was two thousand and nine. It was 2009. It was, it was around 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, like in that, in that, uh, 09 is correct. Yeah, because it was, it was 12 years area. after, 12 years after Survivor Series. Yep. Yep. So Brett basically says, like, look, you know, I'm tired of this. Like, we've had great careers. You know, our, our career shouldn't be defined by what happened in Montreal. And Brett says, I want to bury the hatchet. And Sean is kind of, you know, hesitant at first, and then Sean says, "I had a hand in the screw job." So if you look at the promo, if you look at, if you see, if you watch it, it's on YouTube. I actually saw it before we went on. Just, I, I need some more refreshers, so I, I'm not being, you know, ignorant. Yeah. And factual. He said, "I had a small hand in the screw job," which then again, I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, you were definitely. You definitely didn't do the framework, but you were definitely were in the room when it was being discussed. He was just kind of—he was probably had, sitting there. All you had to do, all you had to do, was say, "Is okay, I'll do it." Yep. And then obviously it goes on, and they embrace in the middle of the ring, and you know. Yeah, we get the big clap and everything. The rivalry is over. Yeah, but so. Which it should have been. Those two guys are just phenomenal. If they had gotten along, they they could have just done some amazing things. I, I mean, no, but but that's the thing, though. They didn't get along, and they still did amazing things. But imagine if we, we could have had Brett versus Sean two, three, four, five. Like we could have had a series of these matches. Yeah, but that if they had gotten along, and obviously if Brett hadn't said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go to WCW. Yeah, but 
just because they then got along. And then obviously, and, and then obviously like, a devastating back injury that just basically sidelines him for like a good four years. Oh, yeah. That back injury put Sean on the shelf forever. Yeah. Like it almost ended his career. It should have, to be honest. should have, but it didn't. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Glad it, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it didn't because early 2000s wrestling was my thing, and he was my favorite wrestler. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, definitely, he was my you favorite know, so too. Yeah, but... Like, so like, I'm, I got to at least watch Sean win like a heavyweight title, without having to go on a network and rewatch Raw from '98. <laughs> right. But you know, obviously, the end question here for the listeners: Who do you side with? Did you side with Brett? Do you side with Vince and the WWE or WWF, if you want to be politically correct? Do you side with Sean? <laughs> That's, yeah, or do you side? I, I, I kind of put Sean in the group with, with Vince McMahon yeah. and all those other guys. I think there's part of me that still thinks to this day it's just a to the grave work. It is. It's, it's, no, gonna be... I think it's a to the grave work. I think it's just, there's part of me that still thinks it's a work. Really? I do, because you, it was... You thought, you, thought Brett was, you think Brett was in on it? I do, man, just because it was such a pivotal moment to know. You know, like it, took, it, it, it took everyone by surprise, because you know WCW was watching. You know that they were fucking confused. Yeah. If, if Bret Hart, if that was a work, Bret Hart deserves an Emmy Award every year after that screw job. I, I say that he deserves he deserves a he deserves to be in some critically acclaimed movies because to act that pissed off and bitter to spit in your boss's face and then you go backstage and punch him in the face and then you show up on the rival company that dude that oh it's ballsy either, either <laughs> crazy acting skills or like yeah this was already pre-planned you had the contracts on a WCW. And basically, you can't get fired from WWF at the time because, you know, you already have the contracts on WCW. So I'm going to punch you in the face and you can't do shit about it. I mean, you can still sue him. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, it's suing him. Congrats. Yeah. Go ahead. Because Brett is obviously making a lot of money. Yeah. So it's, WCW, he, he, so like that's like, like what? Like what? What does Brett have to lose? Maybe an extra hundred thousand. Yeah. So he, in the it wasn't it wasn't that he, that, he can, that he can recoup in another week's work. Yeah. It's like no fucking doubt. <laughs> I don't know, man. Part of me thinks it's a shoot. Part of me thinks it's real. There's part of me that doesn't even know what the hell to think about it still, man. I am 100% gonna... The minute we log off, I'm going back on and watching that episode. I just... I don't know, man. I mean, we did... And then we, you know, of course, we got the Brett versus McMahon at WrestleMania 26. That was such a horrible match, but it was... We're not gonna... That's why I didn't want to divulge... <laughs> Well, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta touch on it, man. It was such a bad you can, match. You can go ahead and touch up on it because honestly, I knew it was gonna get brought up, and it was not gonna be brought up by me. Oh, it was a horrible match, man. But it was shit. It it was it was supposed to be the feel good, like Brett got over Vince finally. But God, it just sucked. Because Vince wasn't <sighs> Vince is never a wrestler. Brett hadn't wrestled in fucking you know decade. He wrestled in jeans, for God's sake. <laughs> no, sorry, he wrestled in jorts. <laughs> yeah, so he, he he was the jorts guy because I remember watching when I was watching. Um, then he was jorts Monday before Night Cena Raw. was. When I was watching Monday Night Raw, yeah, he was he was in jorts when he embraced Shawn Michaels. Yeah, God, that was weird. 
I don't know, man. I just it brought definitely brought the bitterness out of Brett. That's you know anyone I mean, like, like if y'all like, ever like, like 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 Justin Overstreet said last week on the show, I'd be bitter too if the company was making money off of my fuck up. Not even my fuck up, but just everything that happened and then make me look stupid and you're still making money off of it. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll be pissed. No, I mean I'd be pissed too, but I don't know. I mean, fucking, we're all, we're twenty three years later, twenty four years later now. Yeah, I don't think I think you can get over it now. I think I don't think it's time to enjoy your life without being pissed off about one event. I mean, he's he's AEW now, so he's straight. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 say straight. Everybody's in AEW though now. Remember, everybody's in AEW, TNA, WCW. WCW really <laughs> side note you need to watch last night's main event from AEW okay no like, I'm I'm dead serious Sammy Guevara versus MJF is definitely a rivalry worth watching for the next 10 years all right it was I'll... that it was that good of a match I'll give it a shot I dude I'm telling you I I was so and it, it, that kind of a match, I obviously sided with Sammy Guevara. Like I wanted, like I was Sammy all the way through. This was one of those matches. One of those matches that the end. If you really are a Sammy Guevara fan, or if you just love the babyface, and since MJF plays such a great heel, you just naturally hate him because he comes off as like a douche. Yeah. The end of the match is so heartbreaking, and that's the emotion that I don't get from WWE anymore. Like I, I saw eating dinner tonight before before I started doing some Montreal screwjob work because I missed the I missed the main event because I fell asleep. That emotion that I felt, I haven't felt that in WWE since Shawn Michaels kicked Ric Flair in the face to retire him. All right. Like it was the end of that match, will leave you like shit. Like I want more, and I'm pissed. At the way it ended, it wasn't a bad ending either. It was a phenomenal ending. Like it was just, it ties the whole, you know, pinnacle versus um, inner, inner circle, circle storyline. All right, I'll I, give it a shot. I loved then. it. I loved it. I'll give it. You, everyone, everyone listening, y'all, y'all heard it first. Then I will give it a shot, and we'll talk about it next week. We'll see how Scott. I want just... you to text me tonight. I want you to text me tonight and what you thought of that match. All right. We'll see. All right, Scott, you're going to send our I'll listeners home. Send happy. our listeners home, y'all. But thank you guys very much again for listening. I know we like to ramble here at a right on square circle, sometimes a little off topic, but that's the fun in wrestling. But you guys, please give us a listen. Follow us on everything our Instagram, Twitter, the handles are right on SQC right on sqc follow us on facebook on the right on network and the right on squared circle page please 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 and tell your friends you know share us share the living hell out of these please there's some listening let's get us some good fans in some questions some interaction and we will see y'all yeah i promise soon i promise soon your boy danny g will be making an appearance in Panama City He Beach. will. We will all be together. It's going to happen. It'll happen. I promise you. We will all be together for an episode. It will happen before the year's over. Uh, y'all heard it here. But 
Thank you guys very much for listening. We're going to head out of here, y'all, and we will see y'all next week.